Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I am Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside, DRS. What's the word? Feeling good here. Wednesday morning, hump day, halfway through the week as we get it going here on a Wednesday morning. Some interesting games last night, to say the least, in NBA action, in NCAA basketball action, and maybe the game of the year in the bowl season? Could it be? Yeah. 100% the Texas Bowl has cemented its place in bowl season. No matter how many games Donnie tries to fix when expand the college football playoff, he will never take away the Texas Bowl. Let's get to our top headlines. We'll get there, but we open it up with the 7-7 seven and seven headlines in the NFL. And Donnie, Baker Mayfield officially out for Week 18. Got to start the process of the very necessary surgery that he needs, and it looks perhaps like both parties preparing for the future. Yeah, and it's the right thing to do. The game doesn't mean anything here for the Cleveland Browns, so you might as well get a jump start on your offseason by getting the surgery. We knew for a long time, Kevin, this year that Baker Mayfield was going to need surgery at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. and I think those you know doomsday flags were up because if you're looking at an injury that you need surgery after the season, that just means that your injury is not going to heal during the season. I don't know where this leaves the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, but for me, I think they should be headed for a split. It is, uh, I think it's likely we'll break that all down. We'll also react to Derek Henry's return, as uh, today has been labeled by some Derek Henry Day, returning to practice. And I know many people, Donnie, are hoping that perhaps he can get a couple goal line touches in Week 18. Yeah, word on the street, there's a lot of incentives for one more rushing touchdown this year, and it's imperative that he gets back onto the field. Well, maybe for me and Kevin, there's a lot of incentive for him for getting one more. But the window is open, as they like to say, Kevin. Hey, knock some of the rust off. Get a couple goal line carries. Get those good vibes heading into the playoffs. That's what I think should happen with King Henry. Yeah, certainly exciting to see for the potential number one overall seed, the best running back in the NFL on his way. We also got the word a little bit yesterday, actually. I think it was during the uh, yesterday's early line. We didn't really get into it, but it's Donnie's favorite topic in the world. The Washington football team, Donnie, uh, has announced a date for their new name. Yeah, this is, this is tremendous stuff here. And it's been a while since I got to take target practice on the Washington football team, which I'm going to do in my listen-up segment at the end of the show today. But everything the Washington football team does is backwards. How do you celebrate a horrendous season? Just make up a new name. How do you go through a season? You have a lot of turmoil. I don't know. Retire Sean Taylor's number on like a three-day notice. This team does everything backwards. I'm going to let you know exactly how they should be moving forward here in their process, Kevin. 
I knew that would be Listen Up. I can't wait for it to be mm. Listen Up. And on February 2nd, they'll announce the new team name. So I assume on February 3rd, they will also be Listen Up. All of those headlines in the NFL. Another NFL slash college football headline. And this is an interesting one, Donnie. Jim Harbaugh rumors back to the NFL, perhaps leaving Michigan after an appearance in the college football playoff and making his way to Vegas? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be making his way to Vegas at this point here, but I do think there is a perfect fit out there. There's one team that Ooh. he used to play for here, and that could be in the city of Chicago. That would be a match made in heaven. But to be honest with you, this sounds like him and his agent sat down and said, now hold on, in-state, Mel Tucker just got the bag. I'm a better football coach than Mel Tucker is. Now, you know what? I might look to the NFL now. Whoa, Jim, how much money do you want? That's what's going on here. Where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of job openings. We shall mm -hmm. see. We have the radio audience in full effect. Appreciate all those who are tuned into the early line on Sports Grid Radio on this Wednesday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side here breaking down the action. Let's get to the main event. Kansas State wins the Texas Bowl. They cover. They win 42 to 20. But let's be honest here. If you were out there, the LSU team total 17 and a half dead in the water until it's not a walk-off 81-yard trick touchdown play John Trey Kirkland who is a wide receiver with like seven career receptions Donnie threw three touchdown passes in the loss but in my eyes a massive win yeah they say sometimes Kevin any given Sunday well how about any given Tuesday after bowl season is basically <laughs> over that you get the miracle play you deserved it on that one if you had to sit through three quarters of that offense to get that payday that late at night it was absolutely mm -hmm. worth it and the only thing I could think of if you're watching that play as it goes with the you know handoff the end around the perfect pass and the touchdown was you're waiting for like that yellow flag to pop up for some motion or illegal you know the tight end was covering up a wide receiver somewhere but it went in your favor and that was a deserved victory over a 17 and a half with a wide receiver at quarterback and no kicker. Congratulations. That might have been the bowl game of the year for you. Texas Bowl will always hold now a special yeah. place in Watch my heart. As will watching LeBron James drop 30 points, which he has done more than anyone else in the NBA this season because he's still that guy. 31 for the King Donnie as the Lakers continue to play some good basketball and get back above 500 with their win against the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, no minutes restriction here for LeBron. 36 minutes play, but I got to tell you, one of the key additions into that starting lineup for the Lakers, all of a sudden, Malik Monk. How about this? 8 of 15 from the field, which included 6 of 11 from three-point range and 24 points in that victory. Good win by the Lakers. Maybe they can get some of the reserves back so LeBron can take a mini vacation, at least here. Save the guy's legs. Also, a statistic that Donnie will not believe. Uh, 34 minutes for Russell Westbrook. Zero turnovers. I still can't believe Sheesh. that that is actually true. From the college Thanks. basketball world, great game between LSU and Kentucky. LSU protects their home court. Good battle with Kansas and Oklahoma State. But maybe the most important note, Baylor, the number one team in the country, remains unbeaten against Oklahoma. NFL headlines start us off next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
right back here on the early line. Some of the most important headlines yesterday coming out of the NFL, Donnie. And I'm not sure there are any more important than the Cleveland Browns announcing that Baker Mayfield will be out for week 18 it brings the question as baker mayfield played his last game in cleveland there's certainly some immediate impact on the line in their game against the cincinnati Bengals. the Bengals have moved to a three-point road favorite here and a total dropping to 40 and a half this could very well be backup quarterback versus backup quarterback we can talk about the specifics of that game if we want but donnie this this decision here that feels perhaps mutual for Baker's season to be over could also very well be the first step in these two sides parting ways over the offseason. Yes, it should. And I think it's going there. But then again, you still have to realize it's a football team that is very good around the shell of Baker Mayfield. And if Baker Mayfield was healthy and not just playing hero ball out there with one shoulder, maybe the season turns out a little bit differently. But you have to weigh that all into it. And also, when you're taking a look at saying, well, look at all the draft capital we used, you know, number one overall pick to get Baker Mayfield here to Cleveland. Are we going to be willing to do that again? And certainly, Kevin, you're not in a position to do that again. It's not like, hey, we got the number one and number two overall pick. And, oh, if we have the number three overall pick, let's spend the third rounder to move up a spot to get our quarterback. You had a decent season. Now, under, you know, seven and nine, which could be eight, which I actually think probably ends up eight and nine here because I don't think many starters are going to play for Cincinnati with the bigger picture of being playoff wins. So where does that lead you if you have roughly a 500 season? middle of the pack draft pick if you want to go up and get your quarterback what are you going to spend two first round picks and two second round picks to move up that high it just doesn't make sense here so i can almost see the cleveland organization saying okay let's get the surgery let's get a clean bill of health let's work him out in the offseason we still have him under contract i know he wanted a 200 million dollar contract to the previous that's not going to happen it seems like a look see which again i can't fault the cleveland browns if those options aren't there because kevin i know you talked about it aaron Rodgers comes over to to, uh, cleveland or somehow you swing deshaun watson in the Cleveland. I mean, we can all have those pie-in-the-sky dreams, but let's just say the average quarterbacks are out there, and your best option is Jimmy Garoppolo comes to Cleveland. Do you just then just stick with Baker Mayfield and say, hey, he's either going to lead us or he's not? At least we'll know for sure whether or not he can be a franchise guy if he's healthy. Because the worst-case scenario this year was him getting hurt. How about you bring him back next year, Kevin? And he gets hurt again by week four. Seems like an entire lost cause here. The interesting thing to me, Donnie, is this almost serves – as a reminder of some of the decisions made by the Cleveland Browns. You and I, a lot throughout the season, talk some updated win totals. And one of the favorites that we went through, aside from all the Detroit Lion unders that didn't work out, was a Cleveland Browns under, uh, certainly for me. And a big part of that, Donnie, was their quarterback is injured. Compare the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft to the last pick of that first round, Lamar Jackson. As the Baltimore Ravens watched their postseason hopes and division lead trickle away, they didn't rush Lamar Jackson back. In fact, after Tyler Huntley tested positive for COVID, they took a road trip to Cincinnati and left Lamar in Baltimore to protect him from himself and made... Josh Johnson start that game because even though the Baltimore Ravens haven't paid Lamar Jackson yet, they know they're going to pay Lamar Jackson because they know Lamar Jackson is their franchise quarterback protecting the future in Baltimore. The Cleveland Browns did none of that. As much as, Donnie, we can say Baker played some hero ball by forcing his way onto the field, right? Some of the stuff that I said Jimmy Garoppolo did for San Francisco, and I think that's real. I think Baker Mayfield is the kind of guy who tells you, cut the arm off, I'll play. The Cleveland Browns, Donnie, at no point 
showed that they wanted to protect Baker Mayfield, protect the number one overall pick from the 2018 draft. They said, yeah, you know what? We got a lot more questions. We're not going to figure them out if we shut you down. Go out there and figure it out. See if you can somehow land and stumble into the postseason. And if not, it's going to be what it is. I think, Donnie, the fact that Baker Mayfield played that entire run is another indication that the Browns really needed to see what they had in Baker and they weren't too worried about the future. And I feel, Donnie, like that hit Baker Mayfield in that post-game press conference after the Pittsburgh Steelers where he said, I need to talk to my agent and close family members to decide if I want to play in week 18. Exactly. So it, there's a lot of conflicting reports at it because that should never come out in a post-game press conference. You know, Kevin, us being Eagles fans, 2017, they win a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz gets hurt late in that season. Nick Foles takes over. Carson Wentz rushes back the next year to get his starting job back. You know, maybe tweaks the knee up a little bit. But remember, fractured his back, which technically could have played, maybe sit him out a game or two. They said, absolutely not. We believe you're our franchise guy. Nick Foles is a capable backup. Just let Nick take the rest of the season, which they ended up making the playoffs there. But you, the same notion was we could have our quarterback who we think is going to be a franchise guy gut this out but let's take care of it because he has years left on his career you don't want to use them up now by getting him even more injured you're right they basically said baker mayfield you probably should get surgery but you know what this is a really big season for an evaluation process of you do you think you can gut this one out how about you throw that kept as i don't know if anybody's ever had this before in football but i've tried one on a shoulder harness being a wide receiver i barely could raise my hand up to catch the football i can't even imagine having a harness going hey how about a seven step drop and a 55 yard pass down the sideline here to let that rip it was sort of unfair to measure baker mayfield but at the same time just because you're injured doesn't mean you just make ridiculous mistakes time and time again mm -hmm. by throwing into triple coverage or horrible interceptions. You might be limited on offense, but doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't think your way through these games. And I have to say this, Kevin, in the NFL, in any major league sport that you have here where these guys are getting paid, if you are healthy enough to start the game, I don't want to hear any excuses out there why you couldn't get it done. Because it's very simple to say midseason, hey, look, man, I know I can't get the job done here. Why don't they get surgery right now of a clean offseason? Because technically the future of the Cleveland Browns, if Baker Mayfield got hurt early in the season, Kevin, and said, I can't go, I need surgery now, there will be no questions. Baker Mayfield will mm -hmm. be your starting quarterback in 2022. And I think, Donnie, for whomever is next to try and bring Baker in that it's up to that organization to ask themselves all right what was Baker before his shoulder was hanging off of the bone and the Cleveland Browns sent him out there but also Donnie really for a Cleveland Browns team that had all of these you know big time thoughts of what they could be I think it's very fair to retroactively call out the front office or the coaching staff or whomever really made this decision that they didn't shut Baker down try and get him some level of healthy and let Case Keenum quarterback because the, the, the Case Keenum-led Cleveland Browns versus the injured version with Baker Mayfield to me is not one that would have been all too dissimilar. Case Keenum was ultimately a part of a winning effort for the Cleveland Browns on a Thursday nighter against the Denver Broncos. Truly an awful football game, but that's what it was supposed to be. And The Cleveland Browns got the job done. We sit here, Donnie, again. We, we talk about the most disappointing seasons in the NFL. The Ravens, it's easy to figure out. Lamar was injured and that really spiraled things out of control. The Cleveland Browns, Donnie, there's so much to go around, and Baker's going to wear the brunt of that, and rightfully so. But there are so many other factors, and Donnie, 
mistakes at the top can make it difficult for a Cleveland team, Donnie, who wants to have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson pick up the phone. But here's the interesting part, too, Kevin, as you take a look at Baker Mayfield this season. Take the injuries away. If you're an NFL player, ask any of the quarterbacks probably that were going into the 2021 season. Say, hey, how about if we drop you in the Cleveland? What do you think? I don't know. The best offensive line in football, a running game that is matched by nobody with our one-two punch with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And how about some really good wide receivers? Hey, Odell Beckham Jr., would you like to throw deep to that guy? Yes, I would. How about, you know, short on third and seven? Who's going to get open? Jarvis Landry over the middle. There's a lot of blame that goes around, but I don't know, Kevin, if I can blame it on the front office. They surround with Baker Mayfield, maybe the best overall offense in the NFL on paper to start the season, and he ran it off the road. It would have been a, would have been nice to see Case Keenum with that. Mm, I don't know about that. Certainly would have been nice a somewhat healthy quarterback, though. People forget Case Keenum went to a conference championship game and then was promptly blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles. There are still some key updates from the NFL that we need to get to. Derrick Henry, maybe on his way back for week 18. And Jim Harbaugh, maybe on his way back to the NFL. We'll break that down next right here on the Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. want to get to here on this Wednesday morning. Donnie, let's start with the news that Derrick Henry will be practicing today for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee mm. Titans are a 10.5-point road favorite against the Houston Texans. and This has a number of impacts there. The most immediate one, and I think it's fair for us to talk about, because whether people back Derrick Henry's over-rushing uh, touchdown prop at 10.5 through watching some early line or even an in-play sports tonight with you and I, or perhaps uh, they just bet it on their own, there's you know some wonder here, Donnie, about will Derrick Henry get out on the field? So Let's start short-term, small window. Expectations for Derrick Henry in a potential Week 18 spot. I, it, it's kind of interesting here because you hear two things coming out from uh, the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Uh, healthy, the window is going to be open. He's going to return back to practice. That means he's healthy enough to get back in there. But the key ingredient here is they use the terminology, Kevin, of conditioning. So it's not really so much like, hey, we can't send him out there, Kevin, because his foot will break again. His foot is healthy enough to play football, but at the same time, are you healthy enough just to get out there and play in game shape? You can equate this, Kevin, sometimes to some holdouts in the NFL in the offseason, right? They run up right up to two or three games, two, excuse me, two or three days before opening game, and they say, okay, we're going to play him possibly, but his conditioning just isn't there. Maybe week two we give him a full load. This is the same thing that we're looking at for Derrick Henry. Now let's also take a look at the landscape of what the Tennessee Titans are playing under, Kevin. A win solidifies them as the number one overall seed. If this game was for maybe a third seed or a fourth seed and possibility of a two seed, he would never see the light of day in this game. You would sit him out one extra week because you don't have the bye, and then you play him back. 
Now, two things you can look at for the Titans that make sense here, right? You're looking at a Week 18 game. This isn't as if the Rams are coming to town, the Bills are coming to town, or Kansas City, like, hey, man, we really could use you here. Maybe we'll put you in some goal line packages, but no doubt about it, you can just be a decoy and it can really help our offense. You're playing a really bad football team this weekend that whether or not Derrick Henry plays, you roll over. But at the same time, if he's healthy enough to play, you put him in uniform because it never hurts, Kevin. You have to get back into game day shape as well, and you're not going to say, Derek, you're going to start this game, and I'm going to give you 25 carries. You might say, okay, get out there. We're going to give you a blitz pickup. Let's see what you do here just to get you back in the flow or on the goal line. Let's get those good vibes again because in the playoffs, you're going to be the goal line back. How about you hammer one in late in the third quarter and then call it a day where you only had like 10 total plays on the day? There's a lot of scenarios that can work, and selfishly enough, I would love that scenario where he hammers one home late in the third quarter to put that game away. I think the really interesting thing, right, is you try and figure out what are the incentives for Derrick Henry to take the field. He's at 937 rushing yards. Is there pride in trying to get to a grand 63 rushing yards? I think he'd love that. How many carries does that take yeah. against the Texans? One. It all, it like that all really, right, will depend. I mean, he has obliterated the Houston Texans in final weeks of the season. We've seen him do that. Let me see, like last year, right? It was against the Texans. Yeah. I mean, 34 carries, 250 yards last year, Houston Texans in the final yes, week did. of the season. I mean, listen, yeah. Derrick Henry might go grab the rushing title. They give him enough of a workload here, legitimately. But I, and I, it'd be really interesting if they give him that full go. Do we get player props on Henry? Do we get any time touchdown score as at least at the minimum on a Derrick Henry? All of that becomes tremendously interesting. But Donnie, I think the most important thing now, and I think, would you agree? This is now not a question of, well, the Tennessee Titans are dangerous if Derrick Henry comes back. I mean, Donnie, they need to beat the Texans as a double-digit favorite to secure a one seed, which would give them a bye I don't think there's any questions around whether Derrick Henry will be playing for the Titans come the second round of the AFC postseason. Yeah, he's definitely playing, but also, let's, and again, we're building a case here to cash in a prop of over 10 and a half rushing touchdowns here. And let me build this case for you, Tennessee. Let's go back to the tapes here. Just a few short weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, down in Houston, a team that was playing for the playoffs was walking in there as two oh. touchdown favorites, and Houston absolutely smoked them. That was the Los Angeles Chargers. So at least you have some MO where if you're looking at the tape here from a Tennessee perspective and Mike Vrabel and say, hey, look, man, we could just walk in here and blow this team out. But the Chargers probably thought they were going to do that as well and lost. The game still means something. So we'll be you'll find out a lot today, Kevin, on Wednesday when that window opens mm -hmm. and they practice. You'll find a lot on Thursday because it, it could be so simple as on Wednesday, he just worked off on the side. Thursday, the same thing. Friday, he doesn't even come out to practice. Then you could probably figure in. And also, are we looking at things from every perspective here? Mm -hmm. Tennessee plays at home on grass. It's a lot more forgiving on feet, on joints, and ligaments. You're going to go to play down in the play, excuse me, play the Houston Texans. That is a dome. That is a turf stadium. So I don't know how this is going to weigh in. But if he is active for the game, the one thing you can do, I would lean towards his rushing prop to the under, even if he plays. But the one thing you can look at, Kevin, is he's going to be in that game to do what? Score a touchdown. Be in on a goal line mm. package. They don't really care about Derrick Henry on their own 25-yard line on third and four trying to pick up a first down. They probably just want to get him in on those short-yarded situations down by the goal line to score. So I would yeah. take his under props if they were there, but a touchdown prop to the over. And, yes, I hope he does play as well.
There are a number of reasons, though, for them not to look past the Texans. Last year, they played a four-win Houston team in the last week of the regular season and won that by three with the division crown on the line. Monster implications. It was a late field goal that I believe or late touchdown that won the game for the Titans. Also, the Titans played the Texans this year. Ryan Tannehill threw the football 52 times, four interceptions, and they lost outright at home to the Houston Texans. If Derrick Henry can give them a boost, I think they would let Derrick Henry give them a boost. Now, certainly enough time here to talk about another big story that combines the worlds of college football and the NFL. Jim Harbaugh has really had one of the more fascinating runs at Michigan that started in 2015. He goes 10-3, follows that up by going 10-3, and three, and then immediately somehow a Michigan program that felt like they needed to put some juice back in him. Also, if you're like, I don't understand. He hasn't beat Ohio State. I mean, is this guy even a good coach? I really don't understand what's going on. And then during the pandemic season, they were pretty bad at Michigan, and everyone had fired Harbaugh at that point at the end of almost every season, but certainly that one. Michigan says, let's run it back just one more time. And well, what do you know? Beats Ohio State and goes to the college football playoff, ultimately loses to Georgia. No shame in the game there. But now, Donnie, the NFL is calling the Vegas Raiders, perhaps, with an inside track. A couple of other organizations could very well be interested in bringing Jim Harbaugh into their organization as their new head coach. What is your reaction to this story that the NFL is calling Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, an NFL coach who had a lot of success in the NFL looking to get back to the NFL because there's going to be a lot of coaching vacancies. That's what I see here. There's a two-pronged attack here from Jim Harbaugh and his agent. I'm sure he probably really likes being at Michigan. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason why he went to Michigan, graduated from Michigan. Bo Schembechler, his hero. He wants to stay there. He wants to do well, put the team, put the you know organization, per se, the college football team, back on the map, which essentially he did this year. There was no way he was going to cut and run and saying, look, man, I just never could beat Ohio State on bouncing. You know, we had another seven and five season and I just couldn't get it done this is the perfect time for him to leave because can anybody at Michigan get upset with him a you know long lost legend comes home resurrects the football team we mm. finally beat Ohio State and get it to the college football playoff he left it in a better place than he got it but having said that moving to the NFL and even if he doesn't Kevin a lot of guys in college football, I don't know, Lincoln Riley getting a hundred plus million to go out to USC. How many championships has Lincoln Riley won? Yeah. How about Mario Cristobal getting close to a hundred million going to Miami? How many championships has he won? Mel Tucker barely had a winning season and he's getting a bigger paycheck than Harbaugh at this time. So I look at that as well as a negotiation tactic, but I do think where there's smoke, there's fire because if you are a pro coach, which Harbaugh relates very well to the pro players and the college players, you don't have to recruit a lot. Maybe he likes recruiting, but when you get back to that pro level to win a championship, and also look at all the spots that are open here. It's not look. I understand Jacksonville is open. Does a college coach hey a perfect scenario is to go to Jacksonville? No, it's not. But if I am a player, excuse me, a coach like John Harbaugh. I want to get in, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. I want to get into a situation that works well for me. And I keep on looking at some of the options that are open. I know you'll bring up the Las Vegas Raiders, which I don't necessarily love that. I would love to get into a big city in Chicago, which I played quarterback at, and resurrect a franchise that is down in the dumps and start a complete rebuild. You already have the quarterback in Justin Fields. If you can make that work, you surround him with talent. It's a win-win situation because what are the expectations for the Chicago Bears right now? Not necessarily high. If you go over take an organization as general, like, oh, I'm going to go in and play, you know, with the Denver Broncos. I just can't get it going. I got to play Patrick Mahomes every year. You're getting in also on the back end of Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. I think that makes a lot of sense. But for him staying, it wouldn't surprise me. And for him going to the pros, Kevin, wouldn't surprise me either.
Look, I think Michigan will make a tremendous offer to keep Harbaugh. I think there's no doubt about that. But the problem for Michigan is you're not competing against other college programs. It's the NFL. You can't offer, hey, we're the NFL. You're not the NFL. And where I think the Chicago Bears, Donnie, are a legitimate contender to bring him in. The New York Giants reportedly would have interest and he would have interest if they got rid of Joe Judge. Here's what I think Vegas, though, starts to make a little bit even more sense, right? I think there's certainly something, Donnie, around the idea of being the head coach of the Raiders, right? Especially with the recent passing of John Madden and all of that being pumped up a little bit. But it also comes with the gravitas now of this big city, Vegas, and all of the market there and overall. But, Donnie, John Harbaugh goes to San Francisco. They were 6-10 and 10 the year before. 13-3, we're going to the conference championship game. Hey, what do you say we go to the Super Bowl? Oh, we're going to go and go back to the conference championship game. He then goes 8-8, eight and eight, and he is done in San Francisco after four years. Mike Tomlin rightfully being praised for never being below 500. That level of consistency, so valued. Harbaugh, when he left San Francisco, said, I feel like they left me. I, I didn't leave them. What happens, Donnie, when Vegas says, you know, that last decade contract we gave out, eh, maybe it didn't work, but <laughs> let's do it again. Like those college contracts that are insane, yeah, there's one man giving them out, and they're in Las Vegas. All brought to the NFL, where there is smoke, there is fire, and would not surprise me. Let's go hot or not after a quick break right here on the Early Zone. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. good ones here yesterday the twitter sphere was a buzz as one of the 50 voters for the nfl awards uh let it be known that he will not be voting for aaron Rodgers. basically donnie on the premise of him being a bad guy a quote unquote jerk and the interesting thing is there was some conversation around aaron watt Rodgers and his chance to win the NFL MVP after the I'm immunized, unvaccinated, misses a game against the Kansas City Chiefs story. It seemingly we were past that. The odds had suggested, Donnie, that we were past that. The minus 400 number on Aaron Rodgers is the same this morning as it was yesterday morning. But I think it's a good enough topic here to start off hot or not, Donnie. Hot or not, it is acceptable to not vote for someone to win MVP if you believe they are a bad guy. It's absolutely not. And this is ridiculous. And it's great that I usually sometimes use Twitter. Like, just put a fire takeout here, even if it's a horrible take to gain traction and say, hey, look at me, I made this. But the simple fact is, like, you're, you're messing with guys like livelihoods and their legacies mm-hmm. over what you perceive as maybe a slip. Maybe he didn't talk to you in the locker room. Maybe you got vaccinated and you're so upset that he never got vaccinated or he had a play on words where he was immunized and not vaccinated. I understand that. But when you're voting on MVP, it doesn't have necessarily, Kevin, anything to do off the field. 
So even if you were to come to me today, and I can't be a hypocrite and say, let's say, oh, if you can't, you know, you got to vote for Aaron Rodgers. If Deshaun Watson took the field this year and threw for 5,500 yards, 50 touchdowns and seven interceptions and finished the season as the number one overall seed in the AFC, even though what he did off the field is ridiculous, that's not what the award is graded on. The MVP is the most valuable player to your team. Not those of most valuable H, human being, right? MVH. That's not what it is. You're only put to be voting on what this guy did on the football field. And Aaron Rodgers, say what you want. You can come out to me and you say, you know what? Uh, quarterbacks get a lot of credit. I get it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback out there, but I watch Jonathan Taylor every week, and he is equally deserving to be the MVP. Even though I disagree, I say, you know what? He's using football acumen and saying, hey, look, this guy's doing something historic as a running back. I understand it. Or if you say Cooper Cup goes out this weekend, Kevin, and catches 13 passes for 190 yards. You go, man, that was the best season I've ever seen. That is historic for what he did. I'm going to vote for Cooper Cup over Aaron Rodgers. I understand that. But you can't not vote for Aaron Rodgers because you think he's a bad guy. Is he in trouble with the law? No. Does he have opposite views that you might have on the vaccination process? Maybe so. But that's not what the MVP award is supposed to be. It's what you've done on the football field, not off the football mm -hmm. field. And the simple fact is, Kevin, when you take a look also at some of the voting things that we do, the AP votes, you know, in college football, there are hundreds of votes coming in. Kevin, there's only 50 votes. And if one guy is saying this, that could sway the balance of when you go into Canton. Hey, he was a this amount of time MVP award. Oh, remember that time he missed out because one guy said he was a bad guy, didn't vote, and that vote would have gave him the MVP award? How about incentives in Aaron Rodgers' contract? How about moving forward from Green Bay and saying, hey, I just won the MVP and a Super Bowl. What's that worth to you here? Ridiculousness, Kevin, that this guy actually came out and said, I'm not voting because I think he's a bad guy. Take that vote away from that joker. I think it's true. I mean, I think everything Donnie just said is spot on. At the end of the day, there needs to be a like a vetting process of all of the people that are allowed to vote on all of the awards because so much of it is so bad. Unsurprisingly, I'm going to make this about LeBron James, but LeBron went <laughs> to Miami, was obviously the best player in the NBA, not close at all and they gave it to Derrick Rose because it was a nicer story and Derrick Rose has a great chance at making history by being the only person to ever win an MVP and not go to the Hall of Fame so a nice job there they then followed that up the next season Donnie by making sure LeBron didn't become the first ever unanimous MVP by someone throwing a vote to Carmelo Anthony but why? I don't want to give it to LeBron. Madness. Absolute madness. And here we are again. This voter, Donnie, tried to justify it a little bit by saying that he hurt his team in the offseason. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that as they are 13-3, and three, the one seed, and have that wrapped up before the final week of the season. I, I, I thought actually, in fact, Donnie, he helped them when I considered the way that they looked in the single game he missed, which was basically the worst offensive performance we've seen from any team that's going to be going to the postseason, probably what that Packers team looked like without the services of an Aaron Rodgers here. And again, to, to say he's a bad guy, and I, thought, I think he did such a good job breaking this down, like the, the vaccination stuff is... 
it's not the same as some of these other things that we're talking about here. Like, I, I don't mince words about it. Vaccinated, double vax, boosted up, Donnie, ready to go. Beating COVID left and right. COVID's been trying to catch OK dubs, not letting it happen. Negative test literally yesterday. That's what it is. But I think to try and justify that, Donnie, to not vote for someone that you essentially can't help but describe as the MVP as you then give your reasons to not vote is a really bad look for not just this person, but the NFL in general. Exactly. And you can't trust the voters at this point here because then what, what says now, Kevin? You say, well, that's just one idiot that's voting that way. Who's to say people that just are saying like, look, I was because we talked about this previously here on the mm -hmm. show. Like, is anybody going to hold this against him? And, you know, people will. But you thought they would hold against him just in a public way. Like, oh, I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he should be vaccinated. Didn't get vaccinated. You know, sort of lied to the public here and you know, tried to get away with it, caught up to him. I understand all of that. But when you're coming down to the legitimacy of the MVP award where these guys right. put their heart and soul into this and just ask for equal grading. It's why we get so upset with like a boxing judge. Like, hey, this guy had on the card. This guy won the fight. He did too. And then the third person on the card had a completely different, the opposite way and blew the fight. And now it's going to be, you know, a, a, un, not a unanimous decision. And I was going to get paid more on this one. Now, you can't equate it to that because you're only judging on what's going on on the field and not off the field. And if you said like, okay, He's indicted for a murder charge, and it comes up, and he says, okay, I don't think I can vote for this guy. You will understand that. But it being a bad guy, meaning like, hey, he hurt himself in the offseason. Kevin, he hurt himself so much in the offseason with the organization that they're the number one overall seed in the NFC. This isn't a simple case of Aaron Rodgers came out, and the team won three games this year, and you laughed at him. Mm -hmm. This team is one of the best in the NFL. Why? Because of Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, yeah, Kevin, by the way, I, love, I know you like to bring this up, and it's rightfully so. How about if Aaron Rodgers really stuck to his guns and said, I'm going to take this Jeopardy job, and Jordan Love was the quarterback, and they won four games. Did you see what they did against Kansas City when Aaron Rodgers just sat out that game alone? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. And again, take the vote away from people who don't take the voting seriously. They would have uh, been lucky to win four games if Aaron Rodgers picked up and hosted Jeopardy or forced the, or honestly just exited for the trade a little bit earlier and yes. landed in San Francisco, which he, again, very likely could have done. Uh, with all of that, Donnie, we have a new market available here on the FanDuel Sportsbook under the Season Awards tab, some specials, basically some parlays that you can't create on your own but they have a number of listed options here and at plus 150 they've grabbed all of the favorites for you rogers mvp tj watt defensive player of the year jamar chase offensive rookie of the year dak prescott comeback player of the year and micah parsons the defensive rookie of the year again a plus 150 playout uh payout there donnie is that hot because if not who's messing that up I mean, it's red hot, and, and I don't know how you can mess this up because I'm going to double down on this. You take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook today. That is sensational. So let's just break down what we're looking at here, right? Aaron Rodgers, MVP. I believe he should win that. T.J. Watt is going to break the all-time sack record. If that doesn't say defensive player, the I don't know what does. Jamar Chase mm. turned on the absolute gas over the past three weeks here and clearly took the lead. He should be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Dak Prescott, Comeback Player of the Year which is the one that might trip you up because Michael Parsons mm -hmm. should be the defensive rookie of the year. But then again, Kevin, I'm going to double down on this and say, isn't this what we're always taught as oddsmen here? If you look at that lineup right now, Rodgers, Watt, Chase, Prescott, and Michael Parsons, and you said the only question mark is here is Dak Prescott winning that award for, for comeback player of the year. 
And you say, well, who else could win that? It's possibly Joe Burrow. So then you take a look at the next bet here at the FanDuel Sportsbook at a plus 170 price. All it does is keep everybody the same and replaces Dak Prescott with Joe Burrow here. Who is going – am I missing something here? And then maybe I should say, Kevin, because it's great that you put these back-to-back on hot or not. Because if there are voters out here who aren't thinking the way that <laughs> mainstream people think, like, yeah, this is laid out, yeah. maybe somebody's going, TJ Watt, you know what? He held out. He put that against his team. And he got injured for two games this year and didn't help his team. I don't care if he finished with 25 sacks and the all-time record. He hurt his team. Maybe other people are out there voting that way and you can't take it. But I got to tell you, Kevin, you take a plus 150 and a plus 170 and just mix and match Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow, that seems like a sensational plus money win there. It 100% right. And you had to figure Donnie was going to find a way to bring them both into the fold there. I will say this, though. If I could only bet one... It's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has thrown for more yards, more touchdowns, same number of wins. And by the way, because Dak missed a game, so they both won 10 games. Better passer rating, better QBR. What What is Dak's argument? His injury was more difficult on the stomach when you watched it against the Giants? I mean, legit, like Donnie, what is Dak's argument for comeback player of the year over Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow is clearly having the better season at the position. I don't know. I don't know what the argument would be. And also, sometimes it's what's fresh in our mind, right? You start at the season after that first game, like, yo, Dak Prescott is on it this year. He is a <laughs> lock for comeback player of the year because who's going to get Carson Wentz? He's not going to be up there. Joe Burrow, they're, they're going to finish fourth in their division, right? After, you know, in the preseason and after week one. So now you look at the end. And also, you're coming right off the heels of a 500-yard passing game. And then, oh, yeah, the following week, going out there and beating Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. You can't make up a better scenario for closing. You know, you talk about the horses coming down the backstretch. Hey, they're about neck and neck. Yeah, Joe Burrow just stomped away like he was secretariat down the stretch here. I can't see any reason why, unless there are voters out there. It's a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Biggest position in sports, most famous <laughs> franchise in the world. You got to give it to that guy. Outside of that, Joe Burrow in small Cincinnati, he deserves to be that. He should, he should get the award. Joe Burrow's still plus 105. So you just want to bet that, which I think, again, is a legitimate shout here. Now, enough time yeah. to set up a hot or not, and we'll we'll handle this all in time. But there's a, an interesting topic going around, Don, as we head into this 18th week of the NFL season, our first ever week 18, about a lot of the records, Right. T.J. Watt going to very likely break the all-time sack record. People say, oh, but the game's played. Part of it, you have to try and stay healthy to break records there. T.J. Watt getting aided a little bit. Cooper Cup, Donnie. We'll talk about a a weekly special around him with a great opportunity to have the single-season receiving yards record and actually the receptions record. Said, I think you need to separate the records now moving forward here Donnie with the amount of time that we have left I don't want to cut you off so we'll get your full breakdown on the other side I will just add this little note something for people to think about right the all-time single season receiving yards leader is Calvin Johnson right but no one talks about Wes Chandler 
who averaged 129 yards per game as a wide receiver in a strike season 1982 who ultimately only finished with about 1,000 receiving yards and doesn't crack the top 250 top most <laughs> receiving yards in a single season. This is just kind of how this stuff goes, and it's up to us to add that historical context. We'll get Donnie's thoughts on that in a weekly special on the other side of the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the early line. No time to waste. Donnie, I'll set it up right here for you. Do we need to separate records from 17-game seasons to 18-game seasons? No, we don't. It's the evolution of football here. Now, if this was the NFL, Kevin, who played 10 games for 100 years and then just said, we're going to go 18 games, then I would say, yes, you have to separate. It's the same thing, that whole you know line in the sand where you're talking about Babe Ruth's home run record, and then this guy did it shorter, and Maris had an extra couple games. Now they play even more games than they do. I understand that. But if you look at the NFL and the evolution of the NFL, Kevin, 1947 to 1960, 12 games, 1961 to 1977, 14 games, 1978 to 2020, 16 games games 2021 in the future uh, 17 games maybe more in the future it's the evolution of the game it's just what happens here you can't go back and equate and take as you're right you know averages per game because what happens if a guy plays three games catches 500 yards worth of passes go well he's the all-time leader because of his average per game you can't do that here it's just the evolution of the game these guys are making money they understand and also when you set a record records are made to be broken eventually somebody's going to be able to do it with a freak season or they just add a game or two i do love what cooper cup was saying because he's paying homage to the guys before him saying, hey, look, man, Megatron was outrageous. This should be his record, and rightfully so. Even if you remember back in the NFL days, not even from a season perspective, do you remember Barry Sanders approaching the all-time record of Walter Payton? All he kept saying is, I don't deserve this. I might break this record, but I'll never be Walter Payton. So I love the fact that some of these guys respect the people that came before them, but don't mm-hmm. feel bad, Cooper Cup. You break this record, it's your record here. It's just the evolution of the game. Yeah, Cooper Cup, and that's the thing I, I appreciate that about Cup. He's like, yeah, like I don't know, I don't, I don't feel great about it. Like if he does break the record, I feel like he's gonna do the, like when a soccer player goes back to his old club and he does like the hands up, I can't celebrate thing because I love this place. Like I feel like you'll see that yeah. from Cooper Cup. And again, it, you have to add that historical context. Look, Steelers fans will not stop telling people that T.J. Watt missed multiple games. I will continue to tell Steelers fans you have to be healthy to break records. That now is a little bit of an insurance you've added. But I will also let Steelers fans know Reggie White had 21 sacks in 12 games and nothing TJ Watt is going to do in the final week of the season is going to top what Reggie White did and that's okay he's going to win defensive player of the year we'll come right back we'll talk target player props in hour number two everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.